Well, hey there, and welcome to Live It Out, a podcast here at Centenary Church in Lexington, Kentucky, about faith and the 21st century. What does it mean to live as followers of Christ in a post-Christian society today? Each week, we're going to have the amazing opportunity to talk with people across the globe who are committed to walking through this life with Jesus and hear their thoughts and experiences of the Christian life in an ever-changing and hurting world. We hope that this encourages you and helps you in any way. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into this week's episode. Welcome to Live It Out. I'm James Williams, and it's always great to be with you all, and we appreciate so much our podcast community. Last time we were talking about vision, I was with uh, two of our folks here at Centenary who are a great part of our staff. Zach Davis is with us. He's pastor of discipleship and evangelism, and Spencer Berrios is our pastor of Young adults. Young adults. Back for week two. Yeah, back for week back two. For week I, two. I thought the first week went really well. I think it did. Yeah. yeah. I really do. I mean, just getting to sit around and just talk about this aspect of vision, because it really is. It it, it, it will drive your life. Yes, it, it will. It will drive the direction of your life. So, I mean, I, I love that we're talking about this. Well, it's like we were talking about last time, that the most important part of it that I think a lot of people really don't don't figure out until later, I know I didn't. I've been I've been talking about vision for a long time, but I don't know that it really clicked with me until the last few years that vision's really not about the how because yeah. that's what I've always gotten hung up with. All right, how do we do this? How do we get this done? How do we grow? How do we reach more people for Jesus? And there are, there are movements that yeah. grow out of the how. I mean, you have evangelism explosion. You've heard of that, haven't you, mm-hmm. Zach? And all oh, these yeah. all these ministries where. You teach people how to help people make decisions for Jesus. But really, until you get the why down for what you're doing, the why is what's most important. Simon Sinek, he's a he's a great – he has a podcast, by the Simon way. Simon Sinek. Yeah, he's great. But his, he's got a book called What is Your Why? And, um, and I really think that the why is one of the most important things you can get, not only as maybe a person in ministry or a leader of any organization, but – as an individual, well, what's the know, vision for your life? You you say that the the how and the why, and it reminds me of uh, a dear friend of mine who was a who was a professor at Asbury Seminary, John Oswalt, mm-hmm. preached yeah. to the chapel um, maybe a year ago, and the title of the sermon was "Seminary Can Kill You," and he left the seminarians with seven points of things to. Uh, do while they're in school, and these are things that really anybody could do in their life, but he talked about learn to pray, and he had admitted that he was going to write initially, learn how to pray, and that's just how. But unless and until we understand the why behind prayer, all the techniques in the world aren't going to avail us anything if we don't have a relationship with the person to whom we pray. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's what I really wanted to talk about this week, Zach. One of the things I wanted to talk about, because, you know, um, in our last podcast, we talked a lot about the mechanics of vision in some ways. How do we get there? How do we know when we're there? Um, the vision is really about discernment, we said, because if you don't, you don't have to move the pieces and parts, really, if you're, if you're in the groove, I think, with your relationship with God. Um, as you pray and as you ask God to lead you, really it becomes a an exercise of discernment 
uh, when, because God will open the doors. He'll tell you where you need to go. It may take some time. It may come in different ways. But the discernment process is what's most important because once you've hit that wide, then you decide, okay, do I go this way or that way, God? You've opened these doors, and, and, and why, have you, why have you opened them to this, this direction or that direction? Zach, I'm interested in, in what you think about Joel 2.28, though, as we get started on the second one, because I, am, I, I have lived with this verse for many years. I lived with it as a young man, and now I'm living with it as an old man where we're told that old men will dream dreams and young men will have visions. And so um, what, do you, what do you think about that? Or, or women, we need to say, or, you know, that could be the same, I think. Well, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your old men dream dreams and your young men see visions. It's That's a, right. It's inclusive. The, the important thing is that he's pouring out his spirit on all flesh. That's exactly right. Yeah. Right? So that everyone, it's an inclusive, it's a universal, will have this supernatural sight, right? Whether it's a vision, whether it's a dream, whether it's a prophecy, that the spirit will manifest himself to people in such a way that they see and they know and they make it known. Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. I, I really, I really think that's a, that's a key for us. And as you, as you dream dreams, what I learned a while back from a, from a mentor of mine is that you really need to, to write those down. Um, that's another thing that I don't think I did in the early days of my ministry. I didn't write stuff down. I just thought, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. And this is what I'm going to do. And how can I get the right people in place to help me do it? And that was my primary focus when really, if I just begun to write, write down, if I just began to write down those dreams that God was giving me consistently, I look back and I think, what are some things that, I wasn't able to see happen that God really probably wanted for either me or for the people that I was leading at the time. But I'd get one thing in my head and just go after it. But now in the past, I don't know how many years of ministry, I write down lots of things. I write down mainly dreams because, um, you know, the vision I'm leaving to, to, to you guys, not really. We all, we all still need the vision. But I do think that that scripture is important. That as you grow older, you really began to dream dreams for what could be. And so many times when I talk to older people, they think, well, I've, ha- I've done all that stuff. I've had my time. Let somebody else do it now. Let some younger people do it. Yeah. But we still got to dream dreams and have visions. Absolutely. I, I'd love to sit there for a second because that, I mean, that one prophecy, that little two verses, 28 and 29 right there, I mean, that's used as the basis for Peter's message in Acts 2. Um, and so just looking at that, I mean, that's a classic example uh, that we talked about, like, okay, what what is vision? So if the old men are dreaming dreams or the young men are having visions, I might be interchanged there. I don't remember. Um, but... Yeah. So why? Why are they dreaming? Why are they having visions? Why? Who? Why are they prophesying? And that's the whole thing of the the narrative of the Bible is leading up to this one point of why? Why would these actions even be necessary or even called for in the first place? And so it's God's 
whole purpose of one day I'm going to pour my spirit out. I'm going to fill human beings with the same spirit that's of me. And so then you flash forward to Acts 2 as Peter stands up at Pentecost and he's just giving this amazing message to recap basically everything that's happened thus far. And he talks about, look, um, this Jesus that was here and he was walking among us, he was crucified, but now he's he's gone and he's ascended and now he's he's with with God at the right hand. And so Peter will quote this again that you know God's promise to everybody in this yep. one day would be, man, one day my spirit is going to be full of my everybody's going to be full of my spirit. I'm going to pour it out on everybody. Absolutely, and this is what's yep. going to happen. And so um, his last call to people in in that that sermon is is Peter's called. All right, you know people are convicted and they're like brother, Peter, what, like, what do we do? And he says, look, this is what you're going to do. Repent, be baptized, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so that, that chunk of verse in Joel as well is so vital to the Christian life. Why would you repent? Why would you be baptized? It's to gain the Holy Spirit. Well, why is that even necessary in the first place? It's because God's ultimate form of building relationship with people falls in that whole promise. Man, yeah. one day I'm going to put my own essence, my spirit, and fill your entire being with it. And I mean, when you look at it in that sense, you're just like, all right, we're we're not just doing. And kind of what we said last time in the podcast is like, vision has nothing to do with behavior. It doesn't. You don't need anything action-wise to, to talk about vision. What you need for a vision is to understand where everything's coming from. And that whole thing right there is like, man, you're gaining the Holy Spirit. Everything else will follow. But you are rooted in the sole fact that now, as a Christian, you are your 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 life essence is now intertwined with the very spirit and yeah. essence of God. And it's, mm. Oh, it's great. Yeah, it's good stuff. That's that's so good, Spencer. I mean, the tr- I think true vision, and this is this is something that I'm learning too. That true vision really creates meaning, not only for myself but for the people around me. Yeah. And and it has to, that's why it's so important that it be rooted in the power of the Holy Spirit, be rooted in Christ, because really a, a true vision needs to create meaning, and that has become you know more and more important to me as I as I kind of think through it because um, that's that's a godly vision I guess is what I'm trying to say is and well, it doesn't yeah, create of course meaning it is, for, because God is God's the author of good that's right that's right absolutely and we're driven by a vision of the good. Yeah. I'm not driven by a threat. I'm yeah. driven by a positive. Absolutely. A positive end. And James, you said yeah. it last podcast too, of just like you you said that you think vision is from God. And if the Bible is true, if if you know for some other people by chance, but for, for you know, the believer it is this is objective. And it if if it if if the Bible is true, then that means that this is the only story of all life in the entire universe. Yeah. And so you your vision comes from being in the only vision that's ever been. And that's where I think it's just funny of like how how intellectual human beings can be and, and that's the result of the fall. I mean, we ate from the tree of knowledge of good yep. and evil. And so we get in this spot where we're just like, man, I can envision anything. And God mm-hmm. gave us the ability to to use our creativity and to use the intellect that's of him, but we get to create stuff. I mean, why artists, like they can create things out of paint and, and 
different materials and like the potter can create a, has a vision of a, of a pot he wants to create and then is able to make it. But the fall, the, the biggest fall of humanity is the fact that we are so powerful that we're creating all these great things. Like we created cars and we created nuclear power, like all of these crazy things. But yet at the end of the day, it's just like, let's zoom out, you know, way more than 30,000 feet. Let's go to like the, the 200,000 feet yeah, and really yeah. see everything. And it's just, it's what Proverbs talks about. The the fool thinks that he knows everything in the world when knowledge and wisdom yeah. is only from God. That's right. And so I agree wholeheartedly from that, that um, comment you made last, like, we're all living in God's vision. And the only reason we're able to have vision is because we first lived in the vision of the creator. And so I just, oh man, it's like how it connects. is just so beautiful. Yeah. And I think that's where we get bogged down too. A lot of times because we're trying to create something that's more creative, that's new, that's different. Yep. And really what, what else is there except what God's already given us? Well, I mean, if Ecclesiastes is right, it, there's nothing right. new under the sun. Yeah, <laughs> Everything that's been has already been before and it will be again. We're just creating and creating and creating. And sure, they didn't have iPhones, you know, even 60 years ago, even 30 years ago. I yeah. mean, so it's just like, it's ridiculous. But yet at the same time, it's the thought and the heart of innovation. We think that we're just doing the next best thing and the next best thing that's never been done before yet. It's just, it's a repeat of humans making the same mistake over and over again of thinking that I'm more creative than God himself. Yeah. <laughs> but and, and I, but I think that that vision, when you understand, when you understand that it really all comes from God and that the creator of the universe is the most creative entity in the universe, then if a vision comes from that, even if it's kind of something that's been done before. And, and, and if we, and if we really put the Bible to work, we're going to run into all kinds of things that have been done before, but people are hungry to follow what truly comes from God. Mm -hmm. And I've really found that in my ministry. Because we're driven by a why. That's right. We're driven by a why. Exactly. And many of us, you know, the thorough, uh, one of my favorite quotes of his is the massive men lead lives of quiet desperation because they let other people determine their why. And that can be a, a bad thing, but it can also be a good thing yeah. when it's when we're led along in a godly way. Yeah, there's no question about it. And I, and I don't think that a vision has to be flashy. It just has to be compelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It really just has to be yeah. compelling. And, and my hope always is that not only the vision for my own personal life, but the vision for the church that I lead is that it really is compelling for people uh, to, to know Jesus. Absolutely. And they want to be a part of it. And if you already know Jesus, I want the vision to create this 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 desire, this hunger to to be a part of the vision so that other people can know about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then if you're not already a Christ follower, that vision really ought to pull you in so much that you're hungry to know this person, Jesus Christ. And so the compelling piece of this is so important for me right now what what is it what is it that draws people to the vision here that's i mean that's it exactly uh you think of it from the christian perspective of like and and this is just you know if you're listening and you're just like i mean what's the first step i mean it's just asking it's putting why in front of it and so you said um you know uh people being hungry and people uh 
people coming to know Christ and, and just really desiring for that. Well, uh, the simple exercise you would do is, is like, why would you be hungry? And so when we look at, you know, how Jesus cast vision is he, I mean, did everything in terms of uh, like pointing towards, towards heaven and pointing towards the day that, you know, the goats and the sheep will be separated from each other. Um, he, I mean, he had a vision for what the world is going to be in terms of um, the disciples in John 14 through 17, as he, as he talks about, okay, this time of me is starting to come to an end, but yeah. Man, I, I see you guys loving on everybody and then um, casting the, the vision for Jerusalem, Judea, um, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Um, and so it's just, Jesus is always going to point us towards what's the end of the story? What yeah. is the very yeah. end? And it is this point of meeting him and being with him. And then John so lovely gives us images and different kinds of talk about that in Revelation. Well, and he even, he even alludes to that. Yeah. During his life on earth, right? In Luke 14, he talks about preparing the banquet feast. And of course, the yeah. image in Revelation is a wedding feast. This is the final vision. And sometimes in our fleshly, natural life, we, we see a limited piece of that vision. Oh, thanks, Spencer. You've invited me to dinner. Well, actually... Um, I've got this project that I'm working on and I got to go work on that. Or, you know, I just bought this new house and I need to attend to that. Or, you know, I'm glad that you've set up this banquet, but, you know, I just got married, so I need to attend to her. And you miss the vision. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think that's I think that's true, Zach. And, and what can happen is is that we get so caught up in what we have to that we have to do and we can and I, and here's another thing that that I've been guilty of in the past and I look back I was showing Spencer a while back and I think I've shown you this too Zach so kind of these vision books that I do and I just I just write I just start writing and a lot of times I'll go back and read it and it doesn't make any sense but but then the other thing I'll do is I'll put pictures there and and I'll think, okay, God, is this what you want from me? I'm gonna I'm gonna put it down so I can see it, so I, so that I can move toward it, not for what it's gonna do for me, but so that it glorifies you. Absolutely, that's always that's always the end. And so if but if I get too caught up in what I have to do and the and my why instead of God's why, then it wasn't worth any effort at all. And I'm just spinning my wheels. Absolutely. And I think that's the complete difference between the, the Christian and like dreaming and visioning as a Christian and dreaming and envisioning as a non-Christian is that the Christian life is always visioned into God's vision. Their life revolves around the vision of God, which is to call everybody back to himself. Yeah. All of humanity will be called back to God's self. And so over and over and over again, you see that God's whole vision is to have an entire world of human beings to dwell with them and they would dwell with him. And so that's what we're going towards. Um, and so for us to build our lives and to think that, you know, anything on this earth and what we do in it, other than providing this message and, and giving a, a glimpse of heaven and giving a, um, that and implementing that vision towards other people, yeah. it's all, it's all nothing. Because we're taking absolutely nothing. And so the Christian life is rooted around this whole thing of, I'm not, 
I'm not visioning around myself. Every aspect, even my dreams have revolved around God. And it's not that you create this new vision of God. It's that you're working into the very ancient, the original vision of the world. And that is the ultimate purpose of why a Christian lives. And it all has to go back to the original vision that that God had for the world. And the original vision that God had for the world is that all the nations of the earth, all the peoples, tribes, languages, and tongues would be blessed through Abraham. And the how has worked itself out Exactly. In many different ways. That's it. Primarily yeah. through the church, right? Right. Yeah, that that vision of leading the nations to back to him comes into that how of the great commission. But the the beauty of that vision is we don't have the great commission of go and and do and make disciples without understanding well why in the world would we go and make disciples? Yeah, well, that's because it. God wants all people to, to be, be reconciled exactly, into to his be very right own back self. with him. So. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. So when we're trying to create a vision, we really don't need to create it out of our own. No, we just have to live into. That's it. Live live into into it. And live it it out. Live it out. Live it out. That's right. (laughs) Even even Abraham, he was invited to go out from himself. Yeah. Leave your home. Absolutely. Leave your family. Leave everything you know. And trust me, I have this vision. You won't see it, but you're going to be an instrumental link in the chain towards the fulfillment of that vision. And we are all standing on his shoulders as links in that chain until that day when every people, nation, language, tribe, and tongue would be reunited in God. And until then, we we Absolutely. This is good stuff. This is good stuff. Vision is what we're talking about. Thanks for joining us today. We've run out of time again, but we're going to keep talking about this. Be sure to click subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. We want to thank our podcast community. You guys are so great. Thank you for the support that you give us each month and listening to the podcast. And uh, I'm excited to be able to come together with folks not only here in Lexington, but literally all over the world who listen uh, to these podcasts at Centenary each month. So God bless you. Keep walking in the faith. Keep living it out. We'll see you next next time. Live It Out, Faith and the 21st Century is a production of Centenary Church in Lexington, Kentucky. Join lead pastor James Williams each week as we engage Christian leaders around the world. Be sure to subscribe today and leave a review of our podcast. To connect with us further, visit our website at lexchurch.com. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to joining you next week. Until then, love one another and live it out.